This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 254, Solving the Unsolvable Financial Problems with Stephen Stepp. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is not your average financial podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. Got a question for you. How do you solve an unsolvable problem? Unsolvable problem. And even worse, what if you're faced with multiple unsolvable problems at the same time? For example, I am terrible at the Rubik's Cube. Maybe I just don't have the patience for it. I don't know. I guess if someone taught me how to do it, I'd probably have fun with it. But I just get bored with it and toss it aside. Can you solve a Rubik's Cube? If you can, you're probably smarter than me already. But can you solve five Rubik's Cubes simultaneously while juggling them in the air as you walk over hot coals while you're also simultaneously negotiating peace in the Middle East? I didn't think so. Eventually, the complexity of all these problems makes everything impossible, and it all comes tumbling down. While this sounds like maybe an outlandish scenario, when you're trying to put money into the stock market and then successfully retire on, say, your 401k or your stock market-based IRA, in fact, I might take that Rubik's Cube and hot coals over the stock market and 401k. Let's get into some solutions to the impossible problems. My guest today is helping us keep a step ahead, Stephen Stepp. He's the president of A Step Ahead Financial. He's the co-author of The Secret to Lifetime Financial Security a book I had the absolute privilege of co-authoring with Stephen several years ago. Stephen is, has a master's in business administration from University of Southern California. He has 30 years of experience helping hundreds of families build wealth, save taxes, and retire comfortably. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to get into some of those unsolvable problems baked into every 401k, but Stephen also brings up the mindset shift it took for him to go from haggling with people to get the lowest life insurance premium possible to putting in policies with five figures of premium going in each year. So we're going to get into the mindset shift it took for him to become one of the very first bank-on-yourself professionals ever in existence. So I think you guys are going to have a great time listening to Stephen describe his journey and what he's learned over these last 30 years. Take it away, Stephen. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. We're going to be covering a lot of ground and some of your specialty expertise here, but I'd like to start with the beginning, the origin story. Tell me how you started in this financial life. How did you earn your first dollar? I started as a, a new agent with a company called Pacific Mutual, and they had a brand new agent training program. I thought I had been referred to the company by my mother, but it turned out I hadn't. But that was how I went to the interview, assuming that, and ended up getting the job and started learning how to be an agent with Pacific Mutual Life. So you started that um, practice years ago. Tell us a bit about your journey and now your practice as it stands today. Well, after I learned what a life insurance agent does for about three years and finished the, their two and a half year course, I was talking to becoming a brokerage manager with Phoenix Mutual. And for about three years, my job was to call on 
other successful agents and get them to uh, independent agents and get them to give some of or all of their business to Phoenix Mutual. And I would be their go-between and I could do their illustrations and I would handle any company issues that they might have and provide them everything that they would need from software and illustrations and um, expertise on how to market what Phoenix Mutual had. And they actually specialize on the time on a concept called second to die which is having a life insurance policy, one policy on both husband and wife together with the idea of paying the estate taxes on a larger estate. And that was our specialty. And I did that for about three years until one of the general managers died. And then I felt it was time to move on. And I decided I had called on enough successful agents and I had learned enough, I had hoped to become a successful agent or more successful independent agent myself. And did you take the leap into entrepreneurship at that time? Yeah, I just took the leap and um, I call it the bathroom days because when I first started out, I would literally be in my bathroom and bathroom until about noon. It would drive my wife crazy. And then I finally stepped it up to having my own office and building it from there. Great. Okay. So you are at least one of maybe one of the earliest, maybe the earliest crew in the bank on yourself professionals Brain Trust, the mastermind, as it's called. There's several hundred of us around the country now, but you were there toward the beginning. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, I'm not sure how I came to it, but I did get information from Emily Yellen talking about the, this great new program that she had developed. And this was before any books or any websites on the, you know, the topic, but it really appealed to me and I really fully understood the value of whole life versus universal life and variable life. And I really liked her and I really liked the story. And I really liked the people that I was meeting in the agency that we work with. And um, just took it from there. And my very first case was one where there was 24,000 of annual premium. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it, can only, it only goes up from there you know, what a great thing. And after that one, I was hooked. You're bringing up the an interesting life because from your very first dollar until now, the life insurance industry has been part of your story. And you went through periods where I assume second to die policies could get large depending, I don't know, but majority of life insurance out there is how do you haggle somebody down for the lowest term insurance premium and the kind of the the general notion of life insurance is how little can we get away with is the ethos of kind of your average American thought process, right? That's the average way of thinking. But to think about putting in $24,000 a year, sometimes people will put in half that, sometimes twice that, sometimes 10 times that. But the premium size is very different with bank on yourself because we're not just trying to do a death benefit. We're really trying to do what? Why don't you tell us what is important about bank on yourself? Why do we put so much into life insurance? That seems counterintuitive to most folks. Yeah, I kind of look at it as bank on yourself is really covering four distinct areas that are helpful to people and that at their core, their financial planning is really what they're looking for. Number one, I consider it by far the best way of saving. And I distinguish saving from investing. So with the Bank on yourself method, we're putting the huge majority of the premium dollars are actually going into the 
pay the petitions writer or pure extra cash value portion of the policy. And that's growing, that portion of the, the policy is growing at a guaranteed rate of 4%. And then because we're using a mutual company, the gains from the, the profits from the mutual company come back to us policyholders in the form of a dividend. And so as a result, every year on your policy statement, you will see that the cash value has grown from the year before. And we put together policy reports for all of our clients each year. And it's always a really nice graph because the debt benefit is always increasing. The cash value is always increasing, whether or not they have loans against it or not. So that's one thing. The second thing is I think it's the best way of creating a safe tax-free retirement income. And most of our clients have other things that they're gonna also rely on when they retire for income, but most of those are fully taxable and actually lower, increase their taxes in retirement or lower the benefits or the taxes that they'll have to pay for other benefits. And so by able being able to create some, a tax-free stream of income at retirement in addition to their other retirement planning is a huge thing. And there aren't really very many safe tax-free vehicles to do that. You said a lot of their other retirement assets will impact them, specifically like Social Security. Could you just explain what you mean by that? Sure. So if you're pulling money from a 401k or an IRA or other taxable investments at retirement time, that determines part of your adjusted gross income and your the amount of taxes that you have to pay on Social Security is directly related to that adjusted gross income. So if you have income that is not a part of the, that is tax free and is not a part of that adjusted gross income, then you're going to be able to pay a lower tax or have a lower cost to those benefits. It's, it's almost like getting your Social Security on sale. A lot of folks are surprised that sometimes you get into a spot in retirement and realize all of a sudden up to 85% of your social security is exposed to taxation. If you make a modest income, I think it's 32 grand a year from your 401ks or your part-time job at Walmart or whatever, and they'll still tax your social security on is am I, is that all correct? And if so, you're saying that life insurance helps us avoid that problem. Yep. Or at least makes part of it um, tax-free so that it's not as big and in fact, as big a hit. Wow. Okay. So we've gone through two of your four. Let's keep going. Best savings vehicle ever. Best way to create tax-free income. Three, I think it's the best way of fun. To me, the, the biggest benefit of banking yourself is that you're able to use these growing cash values to finance big ticket items. And then instead of paying all that money and interest back to a bank, you're paying it back to yourself and you are the bank, you've eliminated the middleman, and that money is now going back into your own cash value. And you can use it again and again and again. So in my particular situation, for example, I have three bank and yourself policies, and the last three cars that I bought were all bought from my with money from my policies. And each time I've paid that loan back, I've always had the exact same cash value, and the exact same future growth and the exact same debt benefit that I would have had even if I had never taken out that loan. So in my mind, I'm financing and 
recapturing the cost of each one of those cards and I'm using the same dollars to do it over and over again. So my first car, I borrowed 15,000. My second car, I borrowed more like 25,000. And we won't talk about the <laughs> amount that I paid for the third one. But the idea is that it was the same 15,000 and then the same 25,000 again and again that I reused. And the only thing I had to do was be what I call being an honest banker with myself and make sure that I was paying those loans back to my back to myself and putting it back into my policy. And then the fourth way is that it is at its core still a life insurance policy, right? So there's going to be a tax-free debt benefit that is going to be significantly larger than the cash values ever get to be. And that is going to be paid tax-free to whoever our heirs or charities or whoever we want to see get that money. So we don't have to worry about leaving a legacy because we already have a permanent whole life life insurance policy that we've used all these other ways. And now at death, it's still going to provide one more huge benefit to our family. The four elements are just crystal clear to me. I could be totally happy with one of those four, but You've given us four really good reasons to consider Bank on Yourself designed whole life. I want you to bring it all the way down the ladder now to a story that you mentioned to me before we hit record on how this whole Bank on Yourself thing matters to real life human people when they're having a tough time. You mentioned a medical emergency and a couple that needed access to cash right away. Tell us that story. Yeah, I had a, a really nice husband and wife, and they lived a pretty simple life. They were already in retirement, and they had about $30,000 in a CD, but they also had incurred a large medical expense that had been mostly not covered by Medicare and their and any insurance that they had to the tune of about $20,000. And their only option was to take out a credit card, which they had almost never really used, and put this $20,000 of new debt on the credit card. And it was a very high rate. I think, believe at the time it was 23% that they wow. were paying, um, somewhere between 17 and 23% that they were paying. And they really didn't know, based on their limited income, how long it was going to take for them to pay that off. They were estimating that it would take five to seven years, even with them concentrating on taking money when they could to paying this off and then very likely have that scenario come up again and again. So we showed them that very simply they could take the $36,000 that they had in this in a CD and roll it into a single premium version of the bank on yourself system and immediately within two months borrow the $20,000 that they needed to pay off this credit card debt and make the exact same payments that they were making to the credit card company, make it back to their own policy. And within four years, they would actually have it completely paid off. And more importantly, they would have this pool with over $30,000 of cash value that if God forbid they ever needed it again for a similar purpose, they wouldn't have to pull out that credit card again. They can rely on their own bank on yourself plan. And of course, there's a death benefit on top of that. So eventually, when, when the woman in this case dies, there'll be a, a tax-free death benefit for e well over 
the 30,000, but more importantly, it, it took them out of their nightmare of how to pay this debt up when they didn't really even have the income to pay it. That's such good news. I don't hear Wall Street advisors telling stories like that. I mean, that's such a heartwarming story, Stephen. What did that feel like for you when you helped them do that? It was great because A, it saved them their biggest financial headache and what was keeping them up at night was almost immediately and completely solved. So anytime as a financial planner, we can do that, we're way ahead. And secondly, it really gave me a, a, a great feeling, personally a great feeling that I was able to do something so dramatic with a very, very simple policy and very simple, straightforward methodology that we've learned with Bank and Herself in order to you know, handle this particular situation. So partly just the ease of how, how easy it was to simply redirect money that was sitting in a CD earning a low interest rate and have it be the solution for now and in the future for them. So those were my two biggest pluses on that one. So cool. I'd like to contrast bank on yourself then with kind of more traditional places you can put money. Like most people don't know about bank on yourself, but most people do know about this brand new kid on the block known as the 401k. <laughs> I mean, it's only, it's, I mean, it's only 40 plus years old, the 401k bank on yourself designed whole life insurance, much older whole life goes back 200 years as Steven, you know, as we look at the 401k and things like it, like the IRAs, is that a real solution? What do you think for retirement and, and income planning? Not only do I think it's not a really good solution, but it's certainly not going to be the whole solution. And it's fraught with all kinds of pitfalls that most people don't think about. You know, in the old days, maybe our parents and grandparents, they worked for companies for a very long time. They had a traditional pension and they knew exactly when they retired at age 65 what that pension was going to pay. And it would pay basically for as long as they or their wife was, uh, or their spouse was alive. And they were done. That was their retirement plan. They were going to get Social Security on top of that. And they would probably have some additional savings or investing, you know, along the way. And that would be the extra cushion, if you will. And they were relying on a lot of other experts in and that did this for a living that did retirement planning for a living and what the 401k has done is it's forced each person to be their own retirement specialist and most people are most people have a good job and they know what they do and they do it well but they're not at the same time a retirement planning expert and they're certainly not stock market mavens and they certainly don't even most of the time know what kind of fees they're paying to the people who supposedly are helping them. I see a number of problems in the way people are counting on their 401k to be the answer in a retirement plan. And we can get into it, but one of the reasons is that they have very high fees. Typically, 2 to 4% is not uncommon. And I can I tell most investors, if somebody's taking 4% right off the top every year from what you're trying to save a retirement plan, there's not going to be that much additional new growth 
you know, every year. The third thing that I think most people don't think about is market volatility. And a lot of people, when I talk to them about the market, they say, you know what? I understand it goes up and I understand it goes down, but it always eventually goes higher. So if I'm just patient and I do my dollar cost averaging, it'll all work out, you know, fine. And that can be, and for many people it can be true. However, there's a, a very bad downside to that that they're not thinking about. And they're not thinking about when will those crashes or those down times come? Will that come the year before they plan to retire? Will it come the year after they plan to retire? And will that, and if the market crashes 40 or 50% at one of those times, does that mean they're now going to have to live on 40 to 50% of what they thought had been saved in there? And then lastly, I think people really believe that all the money that's saved in their 401k is theirs. And in truth, we have a silent partner on any kind of qualified plan, and that's the U.S. government. And they are going to be, we have deferred all of the gains that we have in the 401k, and we haven't paid the taxes on that. So even if somebody has, say, a million dollars saved up in their 401k, which is excellent, maybe only about 60% of that is really theirs. And after they pay the taxes every year, when they're in retirement, what is the net income that they're going to have in retirement? And when you look at having to take that money out over a 20, 30, 40-year period of time or a lifetime period, that's not going to yield very much real income each year. And it's certainly not going to be enough for most people to safely retire on. You're describing nuclear physics, it sounds like. How do you take this? I mean, it's impossible to come up with a unknown number. Your 401k is unknown. Your IRA is unknown. That's the first unsolvable problem. Then you got to figure out how long you're going to live. That's another impossible math problem because no one knows that future. And you don't know the sequence of the returns in the midst of it. And that's another impossible question. What order of, is the market going to give you in particular? And then what about tax rates? It's, it's almost like it's just, it's dumbfounding. It's baffling to me that we found ourselves in this experiment and yet we all think it's normal. What do they have to say for themselves over there on Wall Street or in Congress or whatever? Stephen, you work quite a bit with folks with 401ks. I mean, there's 20, last I checked, there was, uh, as of December 31st, 2021, there was $39.4 trillion in retirement assets. That's your 401ks, your IRAs, that sort of thing. Almost $40 trillion. Now that's not nothing. So people have put money into these buckets and the government knows it. And they no doubt are licking their chops, right? That's an interesting large number. What are you doing to help clients who have those kind of buckets of cash from their old jobs to help give them a guaranteed income? that lasts as long as they live, even if they don't have a pension? That's a really good question, Mark. And every case is going to be different. But a lot of times we can at least take the money once they understand these concerns and once they understand these potential downfalls, they can start maybe taking the money that they were putting into their 401k and start have that go into something like bank on yourself plan instead. And maybe they'll still keep the principal and what they have in, in their 401k going and hopefully let that be. But at least moving forward, taking the money that they would have been adding to that and, and, and add it to something better 
like bank on yourself instead. And for some people, they really, once we have our discussions, they really get upset with their 401k, especially if they're younger and they realize they have to wait till they're 59 and a half to start taking it out. And they have to start taking it out. If they're older, they realize they have to start taking it out by age 72. So a lot of times people will say, you know what, let's just start taking this money out maybe over a five or a 10 year period of time so as to minimize the tax hit in any particular year and understand that sooner or later, we're not gonna have to pay the taxes. So we'll pay it, we'll pay the taxes now and we'll get it into something like Bank on Yourself, which is mostly tax-free. And for some people, that's a real you know, good way of doing it. So it's gonna be situation dependent and, and how people feel about their current 401k and how it's actually been doing. Some people have actually done fairly well with their 401k, but what's going to be the, what's going to be the future and when is the next market crash if we're not already in one? But there's a really excellent movie out there that I recommend to anyone, and if they contact me, I'd be happy to get them a copy of it. And it's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma, and it explains the, many of the things that we've been talking about today in that movie in a very clear way with a real family and a real story, along with a lot of independent experts explaining the different things that we've been talking about today. So tell us about that. And you have a story that sort of sheds some light on the 401k's misgivings and failings and shortcomings that's sort of related to the Baby Boomer Dilemma movie. And that's very kind of you guys. So listen to the end here and Stephen's going to tell you how you can get that movie. Stephen, tell us the story about the 401k dilemma. Yeah, I was working with a family um, who had been largely dependent on their 401k. They had worked for a state and in that state, the state had asked them to switch over from a, a pension plan, a real old fashioned guaranteed lifetime income pension plan to their 401k. And the reason the state had done that was because the experts had told them that with all the baby boomers, if they didn't do that, the state would go bankrupt trying to make good on all these pension plans that they had created and all these promises that they had made to union groups and, and other employer groups. So they were able to convince about 90% of the people just by telling them hey, it would be better and we'll give you a boost and we'll roll this money into a 401k. But none of those people were experts on money management or retirement income planning. And a lot of them lost a lot of that money. They bought at the wrong, wrong time, they sold at the wrong time. But in this particular case, it was interesting because they hadn't bought or sold at the wrong time. They had actually done pretty well and they had created over a million dollars in their 401k. Um, and they had very specific plans on being able to pull out 50 or $60,000 a year in their retirement. And that was going to be the, the focus of their retirement plan. And literally six months after they retired and after they started pulling out the money and they were keeping it all basically in the market, the market crashed. And this was back in 2008. And all of a sudden their 401k asset value was 45% lower than it had ever been. Wow. So they lost, they went from a million bucks or whatever it was to 600, 
And they had already started. They were about ready to pull out their second year. Ooh. This is like dollar cost averaging on something going down. Right. And the worst possible scenario. Where there's no way of earning the money back when the market came back. And that's when they really realized that they were now looking at a situation where they were going to have to live on half of the money that they thought. And what if that happened again? And how long was it going to take? Like they were fully expecting that sooner or later they would get back to being a million minus whatever they took out. But how long was that going to be? And they were already 67. So if that was another seven years, we discussed it and they thought maybe another five, six, seven years. So now they're already in their 70s just to get back to where they thought they were when they retired at age 65. So that was a, a mind numbing uh, experience to say the least. Oh man. Yeah. That's not a call I'd want to make. You're, you're having calls with clients where you get to tell them good news. You mentioned that earlier. Every time you call them, that's higher numbers, death benefits are growing, cash value is growing. You just described a scenario where they went from a million bucks to 600 minus the 50,000, 60, whatever they took out. So that's half your life savings gone in a year when you're 67 years old. And we don't have the benefit of hindsight to say, Hey, it's going to come back. Like when you're in the midst of 2008 or March, 2020, or we're down 10% in the Dow this year so far to date. So who knows where it'll be once this episode airs. The point is nobody's got a clue, right? That's the problem that nobody has a clue what your particular sequence of returns is going to look like. These folks got it on the chin and it could just as easily be anybody else or even you. Steven, that's, that's a tremendously powerful story. What's some hope here as we wrap up? And then I'd love to make sure folks know how to get in touch with you so they can see the movie. The hope is uh, that people won't just be doing what everybody else at work is doing and just blindly putting money into a 401k and just blindly paying to the 4% in fees for the right to do that and blindly paying people who are much better than them in terms of retirement planning and looking at the income that will actually be needed in retirement, not focusing on safety and on taxes and the quality of life that they're going to have in their retirement. Because, you know, one of my colleagues has a great saying is, where are you going to be when you're 82? And so when you think about it and you start pulling money out of a 401k at 865 or 867, where will you be at age 82? And if you deal with the types of suggestions that we come up with, you're going to know where you are at age 82, and you're going to be in a happy place when you're age 82. And that's going to make all the difference in the world. And how sad it is that somebody could work their entire lifetime, build up over a million dollars in retirement benefits, and in one or two weeks, find themselves with half of what they thought and taxes that they hadn't even really thought about all facing them. Yeah, if people want to learn more, they can uh, go online and reach us at connectwithstevestep.com and that's Stephen with a V. So that's connectwithstevenstep.com? Correct. Awesome. And if they reach out to you, again, that website is connectwithstevenstep.com. And if folks go there or reach out to you in any other way, Stephen, you said you'd be willing to share the uh, baby boomer dilemma with them? Yep, the movie. absolutely. The I will series. send them a uh, free streaming copy of it. The popcorn is on their own, but I think they'll enjoy the movie. 
It's I've seen it. It's awesome, guys. It's a well published, well designed uh, documentary. But it's more than a documentary. It's a drama, really, of a family going through some of the things that Stephen just mentioned, as well as pointing to some potential solutions, like Stephen's been sharing today. So, guys, that's connect with stephenstep.com. And Stephen, I just got to say, man, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and, and journey with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you again, Stephen, for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciated that story you shared about the couple who had to go into significant medical debt. And we're talking about major problems in their financial life. But the happy ending to that story is that they were able to pay off all that debt within just two months using the bank on yourself concept. You know, I was personally struck at how Steve directly was able to change that couple's life something I've never heard investment advisors ever have the chance to say that they've been able to impact someone's life in such a direct and dramatic way. And it's truly one of the best jobs in the universe. And just so glad and proud and honored to be among the incredible people like Stephen Stepp who are helping change lives so dramatically across this country. So thank you again, Stephen, and thank you everyone for being a part of this financial revolution. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know that you're liking this show. I'd be honored to send you a book. Uh, if you get us a screenshot of that five-star review, we really love those. It helps keep us motivated and keep us uh, sending you the very best content ever. Please do that if you'd like, and then email us at hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com, a screenshot of your five-star review. Thank you, everybody, for joining me and Stephen for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.